Good morning, everyone. Genesis 47. So in this chapter, Jacob is now going to come before Pharaoh, uh, and Pharaoh is going to bless Jacob according to what we've talked about, the fact that this blessing was upon his family, and he's going to get good land to live in. Um, and I want to take note of that discussion that he has with Pharaoh. It's very interesting, and discerning what to take from it is also uh, is, is challenging, I think, but uh, we'll do our best. In verse 7 of ch- chapter 47, Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and presented him to Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, usually the greater blesses the lesser in a, in a biblical sense. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. So, you know, Jacob, he knows that God has been with him. And and he meets Pharaoh and blesses him. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting thing there, to go before a king and to, to bless him. Um, shows your relationship with God. There's a measure of confidence in God and in yourself to a certain extent that you would that you would do do so. Um, it also shows that he's having a connection with God. That he it's not like you know God is on his mind that he blesses Pharaoh. And as we've said, Jacob has has matured um, as he has aged. Pharaoh said to Jacob, "How many years have you lived?" So Jacob said to Pharaoh, "Now listen to this." The years of my sojourning, meaning he's been traveling all around and not, you know, always where God has said his family is one day going to be. The years of my sojourning have are 130, few and unpleasant. And actually the LSB translates that evil, few and evil or unpleasant have been the years of my life nor have they attained the years that my fathers lived during the days of their sojourning. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. What an interesting conversation with Pharaoh. He blesses him on the way in. He blesses him on the way out. And he tells him, I have not lived as long as those who have gone before me, which is true. Abraham and Isaac lived longer. And in addition, he says, that my years have been unpleasant or evil. And, you know, to to give jo- Jacob some grace here, he just got ripped away from his home. Now, he, he found out his son Joseph was alive. <clears throat> that obviously was really good news. But can you imagine moving your whole family, you know, in that day? I mean, on wagons and horses and you know, telling your wife, well, we're moving again. I mean, you might remember he left uh, because of problems with Esau. Then he goes to Laban and, you know, spends a really long time there because of deception and everything else to get Rachel as his wife. Then he has a feud with Laban and leaves there and comes back to Esau really concerned about how that's all going to go with Esau. And, you know, then Joseph, you know, gets, he, J- Jacob thinks he's dead. And now there's a huge famine in the land and he's moving again. 
to Egypt. So uh, life has has seemed very hard and challenging for Jacob. Um, maybe at the moment he, you know, with all this moving, he does feel like, man, you know, life's been evil. Life's been really hard. And I think that, that that's something that we need to process for a moment. Um, ah, gosh, you know, is it possible that Jacob has a little bit of a bad attitude at the moment? Is it possible that he is not seeing how this is all going to bless Israel to be fruitful and multiply? And, you know, he could be looking at a half glass full, right? He could be saying, wow, this is amazing. My Son Joseph is alive. I was starving. I've been brought to Egypt. I'm before the king of Egypt, the pharaoh of Egypt, and, and now I'm getting blessed with uh, food and the best of the land. I mean, he could have been focusing on all the positive and had maybe a different attitude, but he wasn't. He was he was seeing the negative. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to judge him, but I want to take this in for a moment. Um. You know, back to kind of just like this life, like, and, and like even like the movies, is that sometimes we can live life and we can assume, well, if God's real, then everything should be great. You know, my life should be blessed. If God was real, you know, this wouldn't have happened or that wouldn't have happened or this would happen. And, you know, why is this not happening? Why isn't my life, you know, better than what it was? I mean, you know, I really felt led to pastor a church and, you know, started a church in 2009 and the church was super small and we were really low on funds for a decade. I mean, it was super hard and, you know, I won't get into all that, but it, but it was, you know, it's like, well, God here, I'm, you know, I'm started this church. I really feel like you led me to it. And now look how difficult it is. And, you know, sometimes the journey of life and even in following God is not going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be challenging. And sometimes it's not even going to end on top. It's not going to even, you know, end like the movies all in glory or everything is, you know, restored. I mean, you know, even Job who, you know, think of the life that he lived for God and the suffering. And, you know, in the end, yes, he was blessed, and it, but it doesn't always work that way. Like we're not going to always have the Job life where everything was just miserable, and then at the end everything, you know, is restored. But you know, everything wasn't restored. I mean, Job still lost a lot of years. He lost his wife. He lost a lot of family. Uh, I believe that's right. Right? He lost his wife. I believe that's true. But anyways, even though much was restored in his life, and he got blessed later, it doesn't change. You know, all the pain and difficulty that he went through. So I think it's, this is really important to, to know. Why am I, why do I focus on this? And sometimes I talk about things like this a fair amount. Well, first of all, I see it in the scriptures. I see the suffering of people in the Bible, the difficulty and challenges that people went through. Here, Jacob is saying, you know, my years haven't been that long and my days were evil. Uh, and yet God was with them and God blessed him and God was, you know, expanding his family but still, from his human perspective, life was very difficult, and he had just had to move because of a famine. So um, if we don't have a realistic expectation 
that, you know, life is going to be challenging and hard and bad things are going to happen in, in this life. And that's the, that's part of the journey of life. And God's with us both on the, on the hills and the valleys. And, you know, I love that song. I think Tarn Wells sings it, you know, God of the hills and valleys. And it's so true. God is still there. He, he is with us in both. And I think that's the testimony of God is that he can give us perspective. He can give us strength. He can give us right thinking. He can give us purpose, even in the good times and even in the bad times in life. God is there to help us through. That is how I perceive God. Now, when when things are super blessed, you know, praise God for that. And like, thank God that, you know, you have blessings. And I think, it, you know, it's, it's better to have a glass half full perspective and to remember the ways that your life has been blessed and to focus on that. And, you know, we could find scripture to echo uh, that perspective um, instead of being a negative Nelly and just focusing on what's not right. Um, I think that is still a much better way to go. But we have to realize that there are times in life where things are going to seem evil or things are going to seem unpleasant. But God is still God. He's still real. And he is with us in the hills and valleys. You know, just peeking ahead, uh, and we'll talk about this, I guess, tomorrow in Genesis 48. But listen to what Joseph, uh, when Jacob is dying and he's blessing Joseph, he says, the God, this is verse 15, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. Isn't that awesome? This is Jacob's prayer. And he's acknowledging God at the beginning of the prayer. And he says, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. He has watched over me. He has protected me. He has cared for me. And, you know, we don't always just need that when things are going well. We need that when things are going evil and unpleasant. God has still been there and he's been our shepherd all the days till this day. And, you know, I love that. And I think that's the way that we're supposed to perceive God. He's, he's with us. He's with us in the thick of it. He's with, with us on the mountaintop. Praise the Lord for that. So the rest of the chapter, we see the famine becoming so severe that, you know, everyone ends up having to sell their possessions and goods and even livestock and land. And eventually Pharaoh's going to have everything because they're going to, everyone's going to be selling. This is including the Egyptians are going to be selling everything in order to survive, to have food to live. So uh, at the end of the chapter, we see something else kind of neat. When the time of Israel to die, Jacob, drew near, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Please, if I have found favor in your sight, place now your hand under my thigh. This is a way of making a firm commitment. And deal with me in kindness and faithfulness. Please do not bury me in Egypt. You know, the promise for Jacob was always, you know, the land of Canaan. And I'm going to give you that land and I'm going to bless you. And, you know, right now he's not in that land. He's in Egypt. 
But God has not forgotten, and God is still going to fulfill. This family is going to get that land. And uh, But when I lie down with my fathers, you shall bury me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said, Joseph said. And, and Jacob said, swear to me. So he swore to him. Then Israel, Jacob, bowed in worship at the head of the bed. Isn't that cool? I mean, we see in this chapter, he blesses Pharaoh on the way in. He blesses Pharaoh on the way out. He wants his bones to be brought back to the land of Canaan, be buried with Abraham and Isaac in that cave. And he bows down in worship at the head of his bed. Uh, praise God for his, you know, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Um, the process of sanctification, the process of becoming more holy. And Jacob indeed does become more holy. And you know what? Think of this. He was seeing his days as evil and unpleasant, but yet what was he still doing? He's still worshiping God. That's a testimony right there. Even if things don't seem right in your eyes, shouldn't we still be acknowledging the Lord is my shepherd and we still should be worshiping him no matter what because he is real no matter what's happening to us, nothing that's happening can change what's happened. Perhaps you've heard me say that before. But no matter what happens to me in my life, no matter what happens to me, and none of it can ever change what happened. Jesus is still real. God still parted the sea, and the people still went through on dry ground. Nothing that could ever happen to me could ever change the fact of what's happened in God. He is real. He is our shepherd. Let's trust him on the hills and in the valleys. God bless you all.